Welcome to episode 132 of Cowboys Ride for Free, the podcast. My name is Joel Penfield. As always, I'm joined by Philip Slavin. How's it going, man? JP, man, I'm tired. I gotta be honest. I think I'm ready for that bye week too. Like I love football, uh, but two podcasts, two websites, eight to five, eight month old wife. I'm ready for a bye week myself. I'm looking forward to Saturday. I'm looking forward to this game, but I'm ready for a bye week. Yeah, I've I've kind of hit that point too. Like I've been working, you know, for I've been actually got a job, not just work, watching baseball this summer, and I've been working pretty much eight to five, you know. Or early morning to early afternoon, and then I come in and do this twice a week, and on top of a couple other places I do work at. So I, I'm with you there. I'm ready, like I said, I'm ready for the game Saturday, but I think the bye week is ready for all of us. Honestly, I think I think we're all at that point, and I'm sure the the guys are going to be the same way. You know, it's going to be six games in now, so it's a, a perfect point of the season for everyone to after after the game. It's 11 a.m. on Saturday in Lubbock. I think we're all ready for a break. Yeah. Like I, I hate saying it that way. On the other hand, this is game six, man. I know we're we're gonna be halfway home after this. Like it's gonna be game six. I mean, good thing we have two bye weeks to go. Well, right. I ah uh, two. Man, week six already. That's we, the thing is, we knew this rough. was we knew this was gonna happen. But I know. I, I feel like we all just trying like, oh, it won't be. It, it it'll go by slow, and then it never does. We always try and tell ourselves that it's not going to go by lightning quick. Yeah, I know, and it always happens. And here we are. Good thing we have you know basketball and other sports coming up. So, yeah, we got a lot coming up, but let's let's stay focused on what we have on Saturday in Lubbock. It's an 11 a.m. game at Texas Tech. You and I both coming into the season thought this game was going to be a loss, and. With what we knew coming into the season, I felt pretty confident in that. But Texas Tech has not looked good, even when Alan Bowman was starting a quarterback for them. Now he's out. You have Jet Duffy, who hasn't really shown that he's a great college quarterback in as the starter for Texas Tech. Their defense has not looked great all season. I feel more confident about a convincing Oklahoma State win than I did coming into the season at all. Yeah, I mean— Look, the preseason is the preseason, and, and and everybody wants us to make predictions and picks and, and and sound like we're real smart. And so we do the best we absolutely can. I get it. Preseason polls, preseason rankings, they're all a joke because we have no idea. Oh, for sure. And we, yeah. we know some certain things, like obviously Alabama is going to be good. Clemson is going to be good. OU is going to be good. Yada, 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 yada. But, you know, the I was part of the Big 12 Media Day poll. I had Iowa State third, too. I wasn't in the uh, Iowa State's going to make the Big 12 championship game boat, but I thought they were the third best team. And it was less about that I thought they were that good and more about it was the team that had the fewest questions to me. Now, my here we are sitting. I thought Texas Tech, with Alan Bowman, the offensive pieces they had back, uh, one of the, the most experienced offensive lines of Big 12. I say experienced, not good, just experienced. Experience doesn't always equal good, but experienced. They're not a... They're not a problem, but they're not like awesome. But I thought that with with David Yost at OC would make Texas Tech a really good team, um, a team that could win six games that would be dangerous at home. But we sit here heading into this game, no Alan Bowman, which to me is the X factor for Texas Tech. Now that he's just he's he's really good, but you have no Alan Bowman. You've got a fan base that's coming off of. I mean, they had loss off week loss. Um, it's an 11 a.m. game. I just you get the vibe from this one that I don't know how much Texas Tech fans care, 
Uh, the streak ended last year, so you know it's not like they're they're trying to end that. I'm not saying Texas Tech fans don't care or aren't going to show up or don't want to win, but you kind of get the vibe that this is one of those, oh boy, and I think that really favors Oklahoma State, obviously. Yeah, I like I said, I think that coming into this game, I also made my prediction feeling like, okay, both teams are probably going to be pretty solid at this point, over 500. We might end up getting a night game. And if you get a night game in Lubbock, those are just weird, weird shit happens in those games. And I felt like the, you know, everything would swing toward tech, but found out it's an 11 a.m. game with the circumstances of Alan Bowman not playing. I feel even better because I, I talked to one of my buddies that uh, graduated from Texas Tech, a good friend of mine for years, and I asked him, what, how, do, how do fans show up for those 11 a.m. games? And he just said, they really don't. So your crowd is probably not going to be a significant factor in that game. You'll have your passionate fans that are going to throw tortillas at the beginning of the game, but if Oklahoma State gets a handle early, they're not going to be there at halftime. So if Oklahoma State can jump on Texas Tech early, you're going to take the crowd out of it in a game where it's not going to be significantly full anyways then you have a really good chance to get, even though it's not a great team, like what we saw against Kansas State, maybe we kind of, you know, we had a little bit higher expectation and they just haven't lived up to it. You get a convincing road win in, the, in your conference. You know, your Oklahoma State sets themselves up in pretty good shape going into the bye week. Okay, we're going to pass, uh, pass a policy here. And I, I got to, uh, it's called an off week. There are no buys in college football. You get You're not point. getting a pass to something else. You get an off week. I know. I have to. I I hate it. I do it because it's habit. I'm trying to train myself to say that what it actually is, which is an off week, or it's new podcast policy. Um, um, hey, so just just for a pause for a second. So, and I'm gonna get this wrong. And if we had Brandon around, uh, but the number one ranked uh, wrestling recruit for the class of 2020, last name Ferrari. AJ Ferrari. Last name. Yeah. 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 He just. He just picked OSU. Oh, let's go. <laughs> I love it. Picked Oklahoma State over uh, Ohio State, Penn State, Nebraska, and Rutgers. Woo! So the uh, the number one, he did a, he did a, I think it was an Instagram live uh, with Flow Wrestling. He's, uh, he's coming to OSU. It's top, AJ Ferrari, top ranked wrestling recruit for 2020. He's coming to OSU, which, you know. This is, that's that's the sport where we can get the top-ranked players in the sport. Yeah, well, and here's what's awesome to think about. So he's coming in in 2020. There's a good chance that Dayton Fix takes a med- – uh, not a medical, a uh, Olympic, Olympic red shirt. Olympic red shirt. Then you get Dayton Fix and A.J. Ferrari in the same lineup. Probably end up in that back – I honestly don't know what weight class A.J. Ferrari will end up wrestling, but he looks like a dude that would probably wrestle in that 133 to 141 range. Good luck trying to win anything against those two. Like just you might as well just give Oklahoma State the points for those and just move on. <laughs> I know that Brandon and Zach are super psyched right now on the Slack account, and I think they're saying a lot of things that I can't repeat on here. You know, NSFW. Uh, it's all excited and happy, but no, that's that's fantastic. It's good news. It's oh, good news. that's that's so, always um, good stuff. Sorry for the breaking news um, distraction. Look, Texas Tech, eleven a.m. game. I just and 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 here's the other factor in this. This is Oklahoma State's sixth game. It's their fourth road game. They've yeah. been to Corvallis. They've been to Tulsa. They've been to Austin. Now they're going to a lo- sleepy Lubbock at 11 a.m. I just – this – I don't think that's a problem. I really don't. I, I would be – not to mention, let's see, Texas Tech's given up what? four point About 4.4 4 yards per rush and 179 yards on the ground. 
Um, my guess is their defensive strategy is going to be we got to figure out how to stop Chuba and force Spencer Sanders to beat us because that's what Texas did and it and it worked for Texas. But I think Chuba is still going to get his. Um, I think Spencer should continue to show progress. I th- don't think the defense is going to have the performance of last week because as, as good as it was, Kansas State played real bad. I don't think tech, like I just I will be shocked if Oklahoma State loses this game. I I would be very shocked if they did. I know I picked a preseason, but I just man, I they should be five and one heading into the off week. So I think this game is going to be very different than any other game we've seen Oklahoma State and Texas Tech play since really 2008 when Oklahoma State started winning these games. They're all high scoring. Pass first, air raid concepts. We're all just going to, we're going to throw the ball 50, 60 times and just see what happens. But we both have quarterbacks that are really good with their legs and their arms are okay. Like I think Spencer Sanders is going to be an elite quarterback, but right now it's not there. Jet Duffy hasn't shown he can throw a football very, very well, but his legs are a weapon. We're going to see a run first game between Oklahoma State and Texas Tech on both sides for the first time in God knows how long. And what we're going to see here is both defenses floating the box and forcing each guy to throw. I think we're going to see a similar scheme and game plan from each team offensively and defensively. And I think Oklahoma State has the edge because I think you, when you have Chuba Hubbard in your backfield, you have a Spencer Sanders who is I, a pretty solid throw of the football. You have Tylen Wallace. I think Oklahoma State has a significant advantage here, even though we're there, we're going to see probably similar type game plans. Yeah, this could be a lower scoring game. I mean, on, honestly, which would be weird for Texas Tech. I I will say this. like they, I checked the over-under because I was curious. And I mean, two years ago, it was 88 and a half. And this year, it's 63. I mean, to see the yeah. difference in, obviously, that was a Patrick Mahomes, Mason Rudolph matchup. And this year, you get Spencer Sanders versus Jet Duffy. It's a little bit of a, a couple steps down. But I think, I, I would say 63. I I lean toward the under, but I think Oklahoma State's going to be able to put up a pretty good amount of points. And I don't know, I don't think they're going to dominate the game defensively the way they did against Kansas State, but I don't think Tech scores more than 24. So it's interesting. The over under opened at 68 and has dropped five points. Um, at 68, I'm all over the under. At 63, I'm taking the over. Yeah. Okay. I just. I get the feeling this could look – I think that Sanders is – I don't think he played a good game against Kansas State. I do think he will play a better game on Saturday. Uh, I, I will give credit to Kansas State has a decent defense. They do. Obviously, you, you're you going to have the same, same offensive lineup you had last week, except now they've got a game under their belts that way. So it's not going to come out of the gate as unfamiliar to them as it, as it did last week. I know they practiced during the week with that lineup without um, Tevin Jenkins, without Galloway, but it's different practicing in any of the game. So they've got a game under their belts playing this this five-man lineup. They'll be better out of the gate. I think Texas Tech's defense is better than it's usually than it's been in years past, but it's still not like top five in the conference. Right. I could see this being a Oregon State-like game. Um, is the kind of, I wonder what we're going to get where I think Spencer will have a better day. 
I think they're going to talk to him a lot about you, you can't just keep focusing on on Tylen. Um, it was really interesting to me that so you know there was in the in the fourth quarter one of the uh, one of the red zone touchdowns got overturned or a callback because it was an ineligible receiver downfield and it was one of the offensive linemen. And it's, uh, it's the offensive lineman's fault. Well, it was Spencer Sanders' fault. And and credit the tape doesn't lie because they were pointing this out. And I thought it was really interesting. Is it goes back to Spencer still hanging out on the ball too much because he's too focused on Thailand. He's not making decisions quickly. I think this week is a focus on other guys some. Like focus on your other guys. Look to – don't just – Look for Tylen and then decide. Like make you've got to you've got to make some decisions quicker, and you need to look to your other guys quicker. I think we're finally going to see him do that. He did it better at the start of this at the season. He's almost kind of gotten worse about it. You know, you saw him throw to McCray in the first game. You saw him, saw him throw to C.J. Moore. You saw him throw to some people other than Tylen. And it almost seems like the the more adversity he's faced, the more less he's done that, and the more he's just focused on Tylen, and it hasn't worked. Yeah, I think. I think he'll have a better day. I don't think he's going to be – I just – I don't – he needs the off week. They need the off week to work with him. I really think they do. Like I think they come out for homecoming and he's awesome. But I don't know. I just get an Oregon State vibe from this game. That's that's the vibe I'm getting is OSU scores quite a bit. Texas Tech's going to score some points. But OSU's going to win fairly handily. No, I I could see something like that. Now that I'm I'm thinking about it, I think that would be, and I don't even. Do you think that's an ideal scenario? Like I don't think it's necessary. We could look at that and go, oh, we gave up 31 to Texas Tech. Oh, this was that the defense played bad. I don't see it that way. I would look more at, you know, you're on the road, you win convincingly, and you go into your off week and you get better for Baylor, who is going to probably who likely could be undefeated for homecoming. That's going to be a huge game for Oklahoma State. Big 12, the Big 12 needs, we'll talk about this in a minute, but I, I think Tech's going to put some points on the board. Again, Kansas State's offense was awful last week. Oh, God. Again, the defense played really well, but this, and I know you brought it up, and I don't mean to shame you, but this, like, is that the best defensive performance in, it was a really good defensive performance, but it was also a really good defensive performance against a really, really bad offense, an offense that was executing they could not execute anything. They were without their top wide receiver. Their next like two top pass catchers are former walk-ons. Yeah. There's just not that roster is just not very good. And Skylar Thompson reverted back to old Skylar Thompson. He didn't look like he did the first few weeks of the season. And I think that made Tex Oklahoma State's defense look even better. That's fair. Um, I, no. I think I don't think they're I, I don't think they're as good as Kansas State made them look, but I don't think they're bad either this defense is still a work in progress and they have continued to progress i think they would people are going to say oh the defense is back to being bad against texas tech and i'm going to say no they're they're doing well here's the deal if they can force some turnovers in this game it'll be a blowout yeah but the problem is i figure spencer spencer's good for a couple of picks so yeah, I mean, you got to kind of factor and, that and, in right And now. when you turn those, when you have those turnovers, it allows the opposing team to score more easily. Yeah. So, you I, know. I think what's impressive is Spencer has played extremely well considering he hasn't had the comfort of having a ton of home games to begin his career. This, like I said, this is his fourth road start of six career starts. 
So he knows what to expect going on the road. I think he's probably going to play his best. I, I expect him to play his best game of the season. And I'm going to say that the rest of the way because he's going to keep getting better as he keeps getting reps under his belt. So if he, I want to see him go out there and play a clean game the way he played against Oregon State. Um, if he can play a game like that where he's you know, in that 200 to 220-yard range, throwing the ball, a couple touchdowns, maybe one interception at most, he throws the ball effectively to other receivers other than Tylen Wallace. I mean, Tylen's going to get his no matter how many times he's targeted, right? You know, I think we're still going to be good. Tylen's probably still going to get five or six for 120. Like, it's just what we come to expect with a guy like that. But I want to see how he, if he continues to progress, if he gets, you know, 100 yards on the ground, mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that. I think if we see something to that effect, then we can know, okay, that's a really solid game to build on going into your off week. Let's go and let's be even better against Baylor and let's show the country, you know, how good you are right now as a redshirt mm-hmm. freshman, how dangerous you're going to be moving forward. To cut down on some of the mistakes that he's made, Spencer's doing what a lot of, and I, I, a lot of people have talked about this. Spencer's doing what a lot of freshman quarterbacks do. He's not, he, he seems to refuse. It's kind of like his inability to slide when he's running. He won't refuse to take what's there. He keeps going for the big play. And it works in high school. It doesn't work in, in, in college all the time. Whereas it works in high school like every time because you're playing against guys that just aren't as good as you are. In college, that, that doesn't work as much. He's got to pick up the five yards when the five yards are there and the 27 and the touchdown aren't. Right. Whether that's running when he should run or whether that's just throwing an open route to a guy who's going to get you five, six yards. Once he starts figuring that out, that's when he will become awesome. That's when you're going to see him go on – go, you know, 28 of 32 for 304. When he stops going for the big ones and starts going for, I'm going to take what I got. If this is what the defense is going to give me, I'm going to take it and until they until they give me what I want. Uh, once he gets that figured out, and I don't think, I don't know that that'll be this season. That might be next year, but he, he will get that figured out. He'll be awesome. I He's going to have, I do think he's going to get better. He's going to continue to progress. I think he's going to have another clunker or two. I, I do oh, think it's, it's going to happen for sure. Yeah. Uh, and and I would circle, I'm going to circle the Iowa State and, and TCU games. That Baylor, Iowa State, TCU stretch, those might be three. Those are, I still think, three of the better defenses in the Big 12 this year. That's going to be a really, really interesting stretch. But as I was saying before, the Big 12 needs Baylor and Oklahoma State to keep winning. Um, I, I think it's I don't that's nothing a shot against Kansas State this weekend. I think it'd be good if Kansas State continues to win. But for the Big 12's reputation this season, and if you're Oklahoma and Texas, like we don't need you. Um, neither of you have a win to hang your hat on, and beating each other isn't going to be enough. There's a very good chance with the way the SEC's playing. Um, some of the teams in the Big 12, and it's still very early. Lots of things are going to happen. Lots of teams are going to face each other. Clemson ain't going to lose a game. Sorry. No, the ACC is garbage. They could be average all year and go undefeated. Right. Now, if they lose a game, there's going to be a real discussion. Oh, yeah. And they're going to get it anyways because of the, who's on their roster. And if if OU has a shot to get in the playoff, they're going to make sure he's in there because everybody, and even myself included, wants Jalen Hurts versus Alabama. Oh, give it to me. Oh, 
just slap me with slap me in the face with it so hard. Um, but here's the deal, especially if you're Texas. If you're Texas and you're a one loss Big Twelve champ, and it's you or let's say a one loss Bama who didn't even win the SEC, but you won the Big Twelve. Guess what? Bama's getting in. You need ranked wins. OU needs some ranked wins. Texas or OU for them ain't going to be enough. Now, Texas has Oklahoma State, who's ranked right now, but you would really like if you're the Big 12 to not just hang your hat on, well, we've got OU and Texas and everybody else. You would really like when OSU and Baylor face off in, what is it, three weeks, essentially, that you have 6-0 and undefeated and ranked Baylor and 5-1 and ranked Oklahoma State facing off in Stillwater. Because now you have a, at worst, you're either the Fox 11 a.m. game because they want a big one, you're the a, or you're the ABC 2.30 game at worst. Like, I don't think you're getting a primetime ABC, but you're a 2.30 ABC game or Fox's big noon kickoff. Although Fox's big noon kickoff seems to only be uh, Michigan, Ohio State, or Oklahoma, no matter who they face. Yeah. So I kind of want to go to the defensive side of the ball for just a second. So... I'm sure you, you've seen the tweets, and if you follow you know Oklahoma State players on social media, you've seen them too. But Calvin Bundage has been pretty active the last few days, and it seems like there mm-hmm. could be a chance we see him on Saturday. Now, I'm, that, that is pure speculation on my part. I, I mentioned it on the Air Ray podcast over at Viva the Matadors the other day, that we've seen some things that he's been posting about getting back and playing. And if he's healthy, I feel infinitely better about the Oklahoma State defense because think about the linebacking core you have there with Malcolm Rodriguez, Amen Ogbongwamiga, now a healthy Devin Harper, you get a healthy Calvin Bundage, and then Brock Martin, who's kind of a pseudo linebacker as well. That's fun. That's very fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's one of those like, we, we don't know for sure. Obviously, nothing has been reported. Uh, he wasn't, he was like, was he listed on the depth chart or was it? Uh... He wasn't, but it wasn't because of Gundy. It was, uh, it was a medical thing. Like right. it, there's a very good chance that he plays on Saturday. Now, if he does, he's not going to, he's not going to start. No, he'll uh, probably get like, he's not going to play a lot. He's going to get 20 snaps. Yeah. I was thinking like 15 to 20 snaps, something most. like that. Yeah. Um, it's it, it, having him back is big um, because he's he's so valuable. Like I know that the defense has been playing well without him, and the linebackers have been playing really well without him, and the two best players in the team might be linebackers. Um, but getting him back, even if it's just some, is good because honestly, to me. Like Bundage is so much fun to watch, but he's also such a bonehead sometimes. Uh, he's almost better in smaller doses than in, in needing to be a starter out there all the time. Right. Because he just he gets in his hothead modes and gets emotional and gets penalties. And it's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, he's awesome. But then the penalties really like do something amazing. And then he'll give a penalty and I'll like completely negate it or something. And, and I, him in small doses, the value he brings in that in that role is huge to this team. I mean, and I, mm, I, I think mm. back to what we saw because the tape doesn't like guys saw this and I saw it too. Like I think Oklahoma State has really started to figure out their defensive line rotation. We're on third down. You're bringing yeah, Mike no, Scott and Trace Ford. there. 
you're, you're bringing in Mike Scott and you're bringing in Trace Ford as pass rushers. You put a guy like Calvin Bundage in on a passing down and let him just go. You keep that speed on the field. I would love to see something like that. You know, you add him in on that kind of just speed rush. We're coming after you on an obvious, you know, on a third and seven and let's go. Like, I think that's the kind of stuff that's going to spark the Oklahoma State defense. I'm with you. Like, I think he's an, he's an impact guy and he's someone that is important to this defense. Is he the end all be all? Absolutely not. Because we've seen the way Ogbon Vomiga and Rodriguez have played this season that you don't need him to be that guy that's out there 55, 60 snaps a game. He can be out there for 20 to 30 when he's healthy and make the same amount of impact. Yeah. It, isn't it wild that the two, we knew the defensive line would be an issue. It's it's actually done pretty well. Linebacker yeah. seemed like it was going to be a problem, especially when you had Harper and and Bundage out. Akbang Bamiga and Rodriguez are arguably one and two of the two most important players and the best players in this defense. No doubt. Um, Kevin Henry is back, which means you've got that much better depth. And if Bundage is back, and, and if he's not back this week, he's back for Baylor. Like let's, yeah. I, I think that's the the message is even if he doesn't play much this week, he's back by by Baylor and playing by Baylor. If you have a linebacker lineup that includes Kevin Henry, Ogbamiga, Rodriguez, and Bundage, that might be the best linebacking core in the Big Twelve. Yeah, I, I've been kind of having that same thought, but I'm trying not to overreact too much, but. You've seen the way that they've played this season. Even Devin Harper in his small doses against Texas played well. And then mm-hmm. he played really well against Kansas State. And then you add in Bundage and and Kevin Henry, who started in the past, and now he's, you know, and on the second line because of how well Ogpong Bamiga and Rodriguez have played. You're looking at legitimately the top linebacking core in the Big Twelve. Like it's it's something that I didn't think I would see coming into the season. I was I remember how being skeptical of Rodriguez moving to linebacker. But shit, he's proved me wrong significantly time and time again. He's, he just, he's been such a natural fit there. Yeah. It, it, did you know that he was an all-state wrestler? He was a state champion Gund- wrestler. Gundy loves himself some multi-sport athletes. Same with, same with Brock Martin. <laughs> Gundy it's, loves himself some multi-sport athletes. It's, yeah. it's almost becoming the new, uh, did you know Lindy Waters was uh, teammates with Trey Young in high school? Oh, uh, did you know that? <sighs> did you know Braden Whedon was a first round pick in uh, college baseball? Did you know that Marcus Smart and Phil Forte were Forte. roommates in high school? <laughs> I love all the cliches. Mm-hmm. All right. We're running a little long on here. I feel like we've got a lot of good stuff done on here, but let's let's get some predictions in. Do you have a, a score prediction in mind? Uh, real quick. I want to say one, one last thing and then we'll get our predictions. All right, um, cool. Let's go. Uh, Oklahoma State landed themselves a three-star wide receiver in Matt Polk out of Arizona. He is a legacy. His father was an Oklahoma State uh, cornerback back in the 80s. I think this is a really big landing. Um, him with Brendan Presley. Brendan Presley's been awesome. Oh, Presley and Polk oh, God. are a very, very nice wide receiver group for this 2020 class. Um, you're going to lose McCray for sure. You're going to lose – and I forgot we had his name up, and I don't even remember. Let's put it this way. You're going to lose another wide receiver who's a senior who's had no impact. And I'd be surprised if Tylen comes back for another year unless he just really likes playing college ball and wants to. I think they add one more. Um, if they do, I think it's – I don't know. We'll see. There's a couple guys that have a, have, a, have a real shot. 
are our most likely. And I, and I wrote about that in the, um, the poll piece on the site. I really like this duo. This is, it's neither one's a four star, but both feel like underrated three stars that are exactly the kind of guys that Oklahoma state brings in and turn into, you know, the guys whose names, you know, early and for a while. So I, I love, I love having this kid. Um, it wasn't a sure thing. His oldest, I think he's a, I think him, I think he's a perfect fit for Oklahoma state. I think he's a, he's a good, he's a good pick. Yeah, no, I think he's going to be a, uh, I think he's going to be an early impact type guy. He seems like that type of dude. Saguaro is, if I'm not mistaken, one of the better high school teams in the state of Arizona. So that's a big deal mm-hmm. to get a guy mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but I, I like a, you're way more into recruiting than I am. Uh, I'd rather talk about them when they are 100% coming to Oklahoma State once pen is to paper and things like that. So I get it. I'll put it this way. He's the fifth highest rated player in the class at this point. That's huge. And I, I like stuff like that because, I mean, we know Oklahoma State's not going to get five and fours all down the board. Like they're, they, they build and the thing is they have a reputation of, you know, sure they bring in two and three stars, but they develop those guys. They end up being all conference players or even better go to the NFL. I mean, you look at James Washington and guys like that. I mean, you can go down the list. Um, mm-hmm. Getting, getting guys that are significant caliber stars is important. When you look at Spencer Sanders, Tylen Wallace, CJ Moore, you know, guys like that. But Oklahoma State does a really good job of getting some of these three stars or underrated guys and turning them into significant impact players. And so I don't, I take the recruiting rankings with a grain of salt when it comes to OSU because I trust the coaching staff to develop the guys that come in and turn them into impact guys. Yeah. I, I, my brain is shutting down. Let me just say this. I like Polk. Uh, watch his highlight film. You'll like him too. The Presley's been ridiculous. <laughs> like how <laughs> – ridiculous he's gonna be a lot of fun this is and i predicted this early on it's is not going to be a high rated class for osu there are 15 commits i don't think they bring in five more high school kids i don't i think you're going to start seeing some jucos and probably some transfers to round this class out there's a lot of youth on their roster right now they don't need a ton of freshmen um but i i think it's a this is one of those classes that's not gonna be super highly rated like most osu classes but i think it's gonna have a it's a class that's gonna have a big impact. I like a lot of the guys on this on, in this class. For sure. All right. Um, going back to what I, I mentioned before, we talked about uh, Polk there for a second. Do you have a score prediction in mind for the game against Texas Tech? Hmm. 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 This is a tough one. It really is. Texas offense has been bad the last two games. Um. But like I said, the the over under sixty three. I think they can pass that. I'm gonna lean toward. I'm gonna lean toward Oklahoma State winning forty five to twenty four. Here's what's weird, is as I was thinking about my score prediction as you were, the number I came to was forty five twenty four. I'm not trying to bullshit. I'm not trying to just <laughs> copy right off you, but I'm thinking. Sure, 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 sure. Forty-five, twenty-four sounds about right, right about now. <laughs> and then you said, you said forty-five. I'm like, he better not say twenty-four. <laughs> sure, shit, you did. <laughs> All right, well, uh, so there's that. Philip and I are just right on the same page. We've never met in person, but we know exactly what the other is thinking. It just that's just the. I think they get over sixty-three. And I, and I think it's kind of like – see, here's the deal. With, with the OU-Texas Tech game, I picked the over in that game. And I, my thought was 
I didn't think Texas Tech was going to score a lot, but I thought OU was going to score so many points that they would get the over. And I think the final, I think the over under was 61. OU scored 55. Texas Tech scored 16. And I got it. However, or it was 60 and a half. And I got the over by half a point. I'll take it. Gosh darn it. I just, <laughs> this feels like, I think Texas is going to tack it at home. Duffy's a better quarterback than the guy they started with last week. He's not awesome, but he's he's good enough. I think that they will score more points this week. And and literally, we're talking about eight more points in this score against Oklahoma. I know fans are like, oh, I can't believe they. I think they get 24. I think OSU can put up 45. It yeah. just it just feels about right. It does. I, I think you have a a low scoring. First quarter, like I could see seven seven, I could see seven nothing. Like I, I and then just points start coming in that second and third quarter. Yeah. So if we if our over hits, that means we get a total of sixty nine, so we hit the over, so that's pretty nice. Um, do you have a uniform prediction for this one? Hmm. Day game in Lubbock. I don't know why. Probably because someone showed a highlight video from one of the games we played in Texas Tech previously. And for some reason, that uniform combo stuck with me. And it's not one that I love, to be just, just to be honest. But I'm I'm going to go with it here and go orange, white, white. Okay. Is that the Was that the 2013 one where Choo Choo Chelf um, was born? Yes. That is. That was the 2013 Choo Choo Chelf running – all over Texas Tech. Good, good old getaway from um, the cop speed Clint shelf. Yeah. So I, you've got to, and you know what? This would be perfect. This would be perfect to have, you know, choo choo choo, uh, chuba choo choo, and, and uh, Spencer Sanders with his legs go into Lubbock wearing the orange, white, white, and just watch them run all over Texas Tech. I so think that would be a perfect homage to shelf. So the, would that be the chrome orange helmet with the giant pistol, Pete? Is that the orange helmet you're thinking of? God, I hope not. Um, I think – I mean it would be. That, that's exactly – you know what? Let's go with it. Let's go with chrome, chrome, way too big Pete helmet, white, white. That just sounds like what they would wear. I don't love that helmet. I don't love that uni combo, to be honest. Um, but that's what I'm going to run with here. So I was thinking about this one. As you were talking, because I've been thinking about it because obviously we talked about it on the podcast. So, you know, go through the Rolodex of combinations and stuff. And I actually remember a couple years ago when Oklahoma State in that kind of back and forth game with uh, Shimanek and Rudolph and they went with that black, white, gray. I think we're going to see. I I wouldn't mind seeing that again. I actually really like that combination on the road. But give me, you know, the leaked helmet that was the chrome brand and the chrome face mask on the black helmet. Give me that. With the white gray. Hmm. Hmm. I think it, I know that it's an eleven a.m. game, but I feel like that would be pretty tasty. I, th- I, so run, I can, run, run I can, that. Run that down to me again. So I want to picture this. Run. So black, white, gray, but uh-huh. the the chrome OSU brand and the chrome uh-huh. face mask on the black helmet. Hmm. I think this I think is where we debut pants that helmet. Are underrated. Um, I, don't I agree big, with you. I don't want gray jerseys. I'm not a big. I'm not. I don't. Like I'm okay with the gray jerseys. I like. I think the gray pants are really underrated, and I think that's a sneaky good road combo. Black, white, gray. Yeah, I could see that. All right. Well, let's hope we're right on all fronts. Good news is, if we get the score prediction right, we're both right. So that's cool. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any final thoughts here? Um, so OSU's recruiting class now includes like the number one overall player, the number three overall player, the number 11 overall player, the number 22 overall player. This is the wrestling recruiting class and the number 30 overall player. So that's one to six top 30 guys, including number one and three. I think uh, next week, since it'll be an off week, I think we're going to have to get Brandon on the pod and talk a little, little cowboy wrestling recruiting. Damn it, Philip. That was my final thought too. <laughs> I literally had it queued up, the tweet queued up to talk about the, you know, we have six of the top 30. <laughs> Joel, we are kindred spirits, my friend. <laughs> yes, yes, we are. We actually need to meet in person for damn <laughs> Come on, man. No, no, no that we don't want to, re- don't, shh, shh, don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. <laughs> All right. Where can everyone follow you on Twitter, Philip? Yeah, uh, you can follow me personally at OKTXAR Poke. I'm getting closer and closer to a thousand followers. Um, if you are my thousandth follower, I will give you a shout out if that helps. Now, no one's going to want to follow until I get to like 999, but it's whatever. Just, yeah. You follow me at JT Penfield. Be sure to follow the main site at Cowboys RFF. We have a bunch of content coming up the rest of the week. And then we will be back on Monday to recap the game against Texas Tech. And we will talk to you all then.